Welcome back to another episode of Soma Soulworks. Where do faith and art meet? What does it mean to be made in God's image, knowing his nature as a creator? This podcast is an open-ended wrestling with God at the seam of Christianity and creativity as artisans working in the world of arts and entertainment. Welcome back to the Soma Soulworks podcast. We have been on a break a little bit. Um, we've just had a lot to do, um, which was interesting is we actually got a comment from someone who said, like, where'd you guys go? I hope you didn't fall off a cliff. I'm happy to announce that we did not fall off a cliff, um, but we were busy. And it's worth saying, like, probably throughout the summer, we may be a little bit inconsistent in this. Like, we'll figure out where there's time, uh, but people go on vacations and stuff. So um, we don't want to be slavish to this thing. Hunter's like a taskmaster. He wants us to do this every week, and we'll do what we can. Um, but anyways... Um, coming up here in the near future, so we are recording this on June 1, um, and we have a conference that we are coming up with um, here in about 20 days uh, in which that we're going to sort of be talking a few things here that will kind of lead us up to that conference, um, but uh, just kind of a heads up. So with that in mind, um, the topic for today I want to bring up is this question of like, what are the risks and the idols of the game industry? So here's here's kind of the, the framework. Is that if you imagine, and this is debatable, so I, I may not be right, but just to kind of put a spin on this. If fame and fortune are sort of the idols of Hollywood, right? So like what is what is an actor or actress tempted by to create moral, at least a potential for moral compromise when they get there. And I would suggest fame and fortune, or at least some of the things, like if you if you compromise in this way, and so I, I joked earlier, like, hey, Natalie Portman, if you take your shirt off, you'll be famous. Uh, then she might be tempted by that. Um, that might be, you know, I don't know, pick your thing, right? So some sort of moral compromise, but what's the payoff? And so we're looking at idols in the notion of what is, what is the promise of life that an idol gives that offers and what does it demand from you so molek might demand child sacrifice um and in return for fame and fortune as a matter of fact um faustus you know sacrificed his soul in order for uh basically guns girls and gold so like what is the idol and what is the temptation specifically in gaming and so that's the topic i want to bring up today and uh, I know that just before we turned the microphones on, this was already starting a conversation. And so I thought we'd just kind of pick it up. So thoughts? What do you guys think? Well, I know I personally was thinking that it doesn't feel all that different from the typical uh, sphere of entertainment's pitfalls of like, I want fame, I want profit, I want um engagement, which I guess in terms of like movies that might be views, which I think is heavily linked to the fame. And so for video games, it's something like I just want more players. I want people to be on my platform. I want the title of my creation to be remembered, um, even if my name isn't. And I think most of that is heavily linked into just profits, profits, profits. I want to make money and, you know, that whatever that takes like it's making games with girls with skirts that are too short or it's making <laughs> a game or even if it's like the game itself could be moral but it's burning out the people and exploiting the people making the game because well I just want to hit the deadline and make my get my paycheck I see it something similar to that too is there's a lot of like chasing success 
is a big part of the industry, especially the indie scene. You have all these big companies doing a lot of the um, the larger amounts of, of money and getting, obviously, eyeballs and players to play. But the, the indie scene is also this chasing after, like, I need to make the best, coolest art to get them to get attention. And it's a lot of attention kind of as, as a part of that success. It's like, I just want people to see me as an artist, as another part of that. And what is that idol and what's the opposite of that? Is a is part of that question in my mind. Like, what is that? Erin's hmm. doing that thing like she's about to speak. I'm watching the gears turn. I'm trying to figure out what what it. I'm kind of taking in what they've said and also trying to figure out. I was like, what do I want to add to that right now? Um, and really, I think I agree for the most part. Like right now, at least, um, given how young our industry is. Um, c- compared to other industries, like um, um, within with, all within the entertainment sphere, um, the video game industry, like what what is what is it, the things that we idolize? It's going to we don't actually idolize um, names of people in the same way unless they are the only name attached to a single product. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you'll get oh gosh, and this is where I. I can't remember any of those names I want to p- pull from right now, but like yeah. the guy who made Death Stranding, who also made all these other games, like Kojima. 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 So we have Kojima, but he's the only game producer, game designer attached to his games. Well, there's very it, few. There's Miyazaki, very few. but like, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> very few. Uh, and versus, um, and then the Halo soundtrack guy. I can't remember his name. Like, Marty O'Donnell. Thank you. I'm. I'm failing on name recollection right now, so but I know who I'm going for. Um, so like we have Marty O'Donnell, who's like, who's done his big thing and on the Halo soundtrack, and he got got really well known for that. Since then, I don't actually know what he's done. Um, mm. But you get so these like little pieces of fame, fame with those oh, and fortune with them. Actually, I don't know if they made any, any fortune. I'm sure Kojima has. I'm not sure if Marty O'Donnell has. Um, kind of different sound, different pieces, different parts of the of the industry, but. There's this question of, like, I guess, are they, everyone else who's looking at them puts them up on these pedestals because they're now visible, far more visible compared to the random guy who helped design the gun system, I guess, for Halo. <laughs> um, or like the Who will dis- be forever nameless. Who will right. forever be nameless. We will never know, unless you can go and look at, like, the different designers, but you probably it would be so hard to figure out who who initially pitched that design, who in a, uh, who initially pitched like the different types of guns you could have or whatever. I don't know. It's like not reworking. A, uh, it, was, it wasn't like a brand new system at all. Like, but like as, as an example, it's like so so much of our industry is nameless. You want uh, like there is the things that you that you it's achievable of like getting some like getting views and engagements, but having your name recognized like you. You are not Marty O'Donnell is not recognizable on this when he's walking down the street, mm-hmm. compared to say the actresses, actors and actresses of, um, of Hollywood. Even your solo indie hits, like, I yeah. think most people can tell you Stardew Valley Valley is a great game that um, mm-hmm. made a lot, you know, made a lot financially. It's had a big to do about kind of reworking a stagnated genre, and people can tell you that it was done by a solo dev, but. Nobody could tell you what his actual <laughs> what name is. They they know his kind of like LLC name. Right. But you just talk about Stardew Valley, not the guy who made Stardew Valley. Yeah. 
not unless you're a dev who's like, I want to be the next Stardew Valley guy. Mm-hmm. And that's how you refer to it. <laughs> it is really interesting. I think the fact that we have we have vanishingly few celebrities. Like, like I don't even know probably a half a dozen actual names of people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and part of that, I think, is part of the game culture as a as a broad, broad, broad generalization. It's not populated by people who are seeking attention. Yeah. Like, if anything, they're like, I would prefer that you didn't give me attention. Like, I would mm-hmm. rather be anonymous in my in my hole. And so I, I think that is different than, for example, music, where you your your name is there, or at least your band. Um, probably the the analog is we do have companies that we know. We have studios. We have titles, individual games. Right. Um, but I can remain entirely anonymous. Like, I could literally be the lead designer on a game, and no one would know me. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, happens a lot, even on the huge AAA. Yeah, yeah. which is really interesting. Um, and so that's why when when I started thinking about this, it's not clear to me that I know anybody who would be tempted towards moral compromise for the sake of a successful title. Maybe. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to me that I know anybody, though. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Not, it, does, it does feel different. Not given the, the example that you gave earlier. In the same way, and yeah, but yeah, and yeah, like with the idea of like, hey, here's your your fame in exchange for it. But I could see that compromise coming at the exchange of other things like money. Mm. Um, Walk that out. Go ahead. So I'm going to go with the exp- uh, exploitation of the body. Maybe it's not their body, and so in the course, course of a game, you have um, plenty of games out there that you sell with sex, and that's it. So. And you have that, and you, there's a producer or a head of a, a head of a design, a head of a studio who's going ahead and like put and putting out these games um, because they don't care that this is what the kind of uh, morals that they they are um, putting out into the world and get, um, adding uh, adding to it. And what they get in return is a lot of money because of people who are buying into it and who are continually adding more or um, giving them return on this investment into sex and into body um, into just like that kind of thing and so they don't care what that that more that moral is crossing the line for anyone else they th- they don't see it as a moral crossing or they don't care about it and just, uh, what they care about is that they get a return on that um, what they see as a return on investment is mm. just more money for themselves and then and that can just and for them that may not be equal to fame but that is re- equal that is um, that's what they get they get money let me let me ask a question too like what is it to think about this from another angle, what is it that motivates when someone comes in our door and says, I want to work at Soma, mm-hmm. or for that matter, I just want to work in games, what's their motive? And there's something here that I don't know a name for, but it's something like, I just want to be in gaming. Like, I, like there's something about the industry, about the space that they just want to be a part of. It's almost like a FOMO thing. And I, I need a word for this, but I hear people who see video games as something very romantic. Um, and I mean that kind of a, you know, not a lovey-dovey mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah, the creative side. It's a bit really romanticized. Think. It is. And and they want to be a part of that. Mm. And maybe it's because – I don't know why. Honestly, I think this is a really different question. And so we've had people who write us letters, for example, who say, I've just always wanted to be in gaming. And then I got this job. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking about one guy we know, Jeremy, who was an animator. And he's a good animator. But he found himself being assigned to projects in a AAA studio that he – he just didn't like morally, right? So whatever. It was too violent. It was too sexy. Whatever. Like, it depended on the project. He was like, there's not a single project in this company that I can support 
from an ethical standpoint. Hmm. And and so he basically was like, I can't do this. I can't lend my creativity to this process. But yet he was heartbroken that he was not in gaming anywhere. No one knew his name. He wasn't making a ton of money. That wasn't it. He was motivated to be, quote, in gaming. Hmm. And I see that a lot, but I don't know a good word for it. Well, I know for me, the reason I wanted to be, quote unquote, in gaming is because I always viewed a video game as being like the ultimate confluence of every artistic practice. You got art, you got music, you got writing, Um, having everything working together in this like, you know, interwoven sort of way, I think is kind of the ultimate goal for a creator and especially the dabbler type creators, the jack of all trades of I want to try every sort of art and craft at least once. Um, and making a video game, like, presumably lets you do that, um, especially that's with the solo dev dream. I don't know about people coming in as to a bigger company as, like, I just want to do this one part of a bigger game. Mm-hmm. And all I can assume is that maybe it's driven by, like, if I can get into gaming, I'll learn how the whole machine works, and then I can go solo. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like maybe there is this whole whole dream there of just... Maybe it's control, creative input, like just being able to see your creativity come to life with a team. Um, I guess that I can see the appeal of that too, like just wanting to – I would love to take my ideas and have a bunch of people with the skill sets necessary to bring it to life. But the reality is like that that's a very specific job set. Like ideas are a dime a dozen and you need to have all these other skills um, – and, and, and processes in order for your idea to, to come to life, which I guess would also be the same as, like, movie. Mm. Yeah, we got two movie people in the in the studio. So Seth over here on my left, um, I don't know if we're going to be able to get a microphone to him, but uh, but he's visiting an uh, old friend, m- filmmaker. Um, and Neil, of course, has a lot of background from that stage. So, like, if you can if you can speak, like, is that same notion exist in the Hollywood structure of, like, there's just this thing in me that – a vision, a product, a, a, a movie, whatever, that I'm trying to get out of me. And the temptation is like, in order to get that out of me, I'll do anything, right? Like, and that means I'll go broke, I'll take my shirt off, whatever it is, whatever the compromise is. But because right. that is something in gaming, I see like everyone has the game they want to make. And they, and, and it's like this motivating thing. Um, and maybe not everyone, but certainly a lot of people, right? That's a, a certain thing. So, like, is Hollywood the same? Is that the same motive? I see that in in the the kind of the high creative like I want to get my expression out, whatever that that game idea is for me personally it's more storytelling. I want to tell a story in a in a unique way, and then filmmaking was part of that journey, where it's like I helped others tell that story. That was oh this is a powerful story. I want to help tell that story, and then there's all the hard work that goes into it, and it's collaborative. Um, but I think there's something similar where there's I see a lot of the the indie creatives in the game industry, they want to just make their kind of game idea. They want to really get it out and put it to uh, form and then have people try that idea. Right yeah, I'm a filmmaker, not in the gaming industry, but I'm recognizing a lot of similarities as far as writing a story and, and getting it out there. Um, 
thinking about what I've gone through in my filmmaking career the last 20 years, you know, the, the, the last 15 of that has just been serving other people, serving their projects, getting experience, doing anything you can to get on a set. Um, and, and then when you get to a point where you're like, okay, I've been doing this for 20 years, I would like to create something. Everyone on the set wants to, you ask anyone, what do you really want to do as their gaffing or set director? And oh, I want to direct. I want, everyone wants to direct. <laughs> um, and for me to begin to make that leap, um, I have one feature done. And a lot of my friends make one feature and then they're done because they spent someone else's money, didn't make its money back. And they're, they, you can only do that once. Hmm. And there's a few people who get to make a second movie and then make a career out of it. And, um, and so since I was able to make my first movie with cash and not debt, we were able to make a second movie. So we're working on a second movie. So, and then what will you, what's the compromise? Yeah, it's just like being without like we've learned as a, we have a small family movie business, my wife and I and my daughters and the people around me, we make movies. And uh, when we have our own gear, we can, we've learned we can just keep moving forward. So since we have our own camera and audio and lights, um, we don't need a lot of capital up front to be creating. So we, should, we need to be creating all the time and moving forward. And we found with our last film, um, what steps can we do today to move forward? Versus the, the safe model is you raise a million bucks, you budget and schedule it, and you get it done. Um, the, but in, the reality is it's hard to get a million bucks together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I found when, you, when we just keep taking steps every day, eventually the project gets done, so. Yeah, that, that goes to the, it's interesting to see creatives in both sides, both industries, and they do have this desire to make their own, and it takes a long time to either get to that point, or they do, they just, they finish and they're done, and then they don't get to fulfill the creative desire that's in them, so that maybe that's kind of part of that. It's like, I really want to do and share this creative um piece art piece of, of some sort be it story side or more visual or some type of experience they want to create for others to then enjoy and then they go through this long journey and then many of them are like ah oh, i just can't i'll just keep working and i pay the bills at least but i don't get to the point where i get to create it mm. and that's been another part of that where it's like kind of an idol but it's not an idol it's more of a drive a passion that's been put in them to be artistic and get that artistic creativity out. But then the ones that don't make that, that's like, oh, you know, it's, it's sadness. Yeah. I recognize something also. Like I started the conversation talking about the Hollywood idol is fame and fortune. But really that's just the actor's idol. Hmm. Um, it's not – I mean maybe it's the director's idol too. I'm not sure. But I don't, I don't get a sense it's the same. Um, and so that might be a distinguishing – like we don't really have actors in gaming. I mean we do. But that's not like a central – Way, thing the way it is for film um so i that that could be quite different let me ask uh kind of the next question is like what what does the temptation ask of us so the devil's up there offering 
X, right? So that's to get your game made. What is the cost? Like, what is what is what piece of your soul is he asking for? Hmm. Well, I see, I see um, just from our discussions this morning um, before the podcast that the the two things that seem to be sacrificed first are either like well being of workers, like a company crunching and exploiting those people or a single dev crunching and exploiting themselves, like just going at it without end, without actually really upkeeping or spending, you know, not balancing the work-life ratio. And, um, or it's sacrificing pay and just being like, I'm going to, I want to be in games whether it pays or not. I'd rather do this and feel fulfilled from it and not, and live in a cardboard box, um, then go work a a dead end job where I get paid enough to live in a nice house, but I don't can't enjoy it because I'm just miserable. Yeah. Of course, there's just like this long standing stereotype of the starving artist, the person who sacrifices whatever, right? To but at least I'm doing my art. <laughs> um, and I don't think those people are wicked. I think they're just driven by that artistic impulse, and to the to like nothing else matters, right? And so I don't think that's that's the same thing. So I'm I'm curious yeah, so how we do. That doesn't feel like an idol to me. That just feels like the willingness to like to fall to pursue. It may not be like a smart way to pursue, but it does seem like it. It doesn't seem like an idol, but yeah, it's I guess idols one. don't always seem like idols. Um, but is that maybe something that to do with the temptation of? Like, of like, there's a temptation there. That I think that is there. Um, of go away, like it takes you too far. That the devil will use. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, like if you are just so far, um, no, I, I, I think that um, your art is an idol. I'm going to take that stand stance now. Sammy's art in particular. Mm. That makes is sense. an idolater. Yeah, because my art is so good. <laughs> uh, the if you're so driven to. Um, to make sure your craft is the best it can be, not even comparing to anyone else, just to yourself. Like it's, you're always working on your craft, making it beautiful, making it wonderful. That you don't spend any other time in other things. Mm-hmm. That you're not spending time in God. If you're not spending time with family, it that that I think is what idols do. They yeah. take you away from what is actually important. Actually, it makes sense. You're like literally that. slaying the sacred cow. I think you're right. <laughs> I think in the arts and entertainment world, to say like your art can be an idol is like you're going to get shot, um, <laughs> because there's this there's this myth of like the pure artist, mm-hmm. right? That we hold up and in, in like I'm so dedicated to my craft, and I think you're right. I think it's idolatry or I guess it can it's be like, like the I've workaholic, been... right? Who just mm-hmm. puts in yeah. the Same. 14 hour days. Yeah. I've just been thinking about like this whole conversation. It's like, wait. I didn't. How did I get into gaming? I, I literally during my internship at Soma, I told Chris, "It's like, I don't actually know if I want to go into gaming, but I want to see if this is works." Yeah, <laughs> like that was ten years ago, um, and then and then just kind of got my way in, into the sphere. Um, then um, in the last year, most of you guys know that I have a one year old now, and I've, it's really kind of changed a little bit of my outlook. But um, over the last three years, I've been like partially developing like what do I want to do as a kind of a career statement like what is the thing I want to make in my career I finally have a game idea for that Mm. of something I would like to do but I'm realizing like even if that never gets made that doesn't mean my life isn't fulfilling 
like it doesn't so like the idea of so we, when we're talking about the idea of having a uh this is like our, this is thing needs to get made or else my uh, th- i'm not satisfied it's mm-hmm. like no even if this game i want to make doesn't get made i have a very satisfying life right now i get to make i got to have a creative job i have a family that is wonderful um a and it's just like and then and they could be but and i have a great balance between the two for me at least and i was just thinking it's like this is this makes a difference in how i'm pursuing this because and i'm realizing and part of that's because i like i don't I don't have, right, at least in me, that drive to always be uh, be the slave to my own art and my creation, and my pa- uh, the, to the creating of things. Because I'm working on, I have other things in my life that are not straight drawing, not straight 3D, not straight game making. Right on. And I don't like that. Isn't like, and I guess it becomes what you, what do you find important, and that's what idols are. What is the most important things in your life? So, I can figure out what some of those idols for me are, but I'm realizing it's definitely not. My create my creativity passion. It's something that I'll always have and I'll always want to do, but not something that is my driving point at home. That's really good. Just like talking about what idols we can fall prey to, it is one of those that I think I did fall prey to at, a, at some point in my career. Maybe that's actually know. really really good. Well, for time, I think we're going to tie this up. One, I think this is a really interesting question because it helps us be aware of what to be afraid of. Um, I want to give out a shout out for Erin and specifically for her husband, James, who made one of the best old fashions I've ever had <laughs> at her Stranger Things party. Um, so good. Um, so, James, I love you, brother. Um, all right. We're going to wrap this one up and, uh, and we will come to you at another episode later. Thank you for joining us. This is just one offering from Soma Soulworks, a production of Soma Games. To learn more, check out somasoulworks.com, and we'd appreciate your support through patreon.com slash somasoulworks.